A bet? Huh. Unless, of course, you're too hardworking. Just name the terms. All right, simple. I'll pick the girl. And you got six weeks to turn her into the prom queen. Everybody, welcome. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Andrew. Today, we're going to be talking about She's All That, the pinnacle of late 90s teen movies, and how the transformation was never about glasses and a hair tie. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces, and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. Probably quite a few of these, these uh, 90s, what do we decide to call them again? I just say 90s teen movies, man. 90s teen movies? Yeah. I know I asked you that like every single time. We're like last two episodes. I, I know. I, I was re-listening our Can't Hardly Wait episode, and I'm like, man, like we're a making lot. a really big deal out of what to call these things, but it's well, just no, 90s I mean, it's teen it's, movies. I know, but it's in a special genre, you know, because I mean, I the, the, the ones from the 80s are different from the ones, you know, in the 90s. Right. To a point, to a point, but if you see a lot of those... They're kind of a lot of, you know, musical numbers and stuff in the movies. They did that in the 80s, too. Yeah, you know? and I think we had a huge faux pas during our last episode because you had asked me who, you know, we talked about who's the the, the, the king of teen movies. Queen, we talked about yeah. maybe Freddie Prince Jr. Then we talked about the queen, and I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I was just thinking about that generation and can't hardly wait. Obviously, the queen of teen movies is Molly Ringwald. Okay, I mean, she had at least three major movies in the, uh, and I think that's the most, because remember we talked about each movie has like their own princess, right? Right. Or whatever, so it's hard to nail down one. But she was in 16 Candles, she was in Pretty in Pink, she was in Breakfast Club, um, and- Right, right, but what, what we're, we're talking about now is, you know, 90s. Right, not, right, not right. So but much. you were, you were kind of asking me what, what the main king of teen, com- teen movies and- main you know queen was and i'd say out of all the generations you know freddie prince jr is up there at least in the rankings for 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 you know king of teen movies or whatever and i'd say molly ringwald is definitely probably because i mean no other i can't think of any other person that had teen movies like you know like she did nailed down you know john cusack what did he have well that's what i'm saying did he have he just had that one movie didn't he Mm, yeah. Well, he, let's see, he was in Stand By Me, but yeah, I don't think he was teenager at that. I don't know. There's a lot remember. of like big time actors that were in that Stand By Me. Yeah, you know, you had uh, Wheaton. <laughs> Will Wheaton. He was a fat guy in that one. No, that was Jerry O'Connell. Oh, Jerry O'Connell was the, yeah, oh, he okay. was the fat kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Will Wheaton was the main Will, kid. R- yes, and River Phoenix right. was his best friend. That's right. He got like stabbed in a McDonald's years yeah. later. That's what. That's what that character happened to that character. Yeah, that was definitely a Stephen King thing. I think. Yeah, I mean, and and you know just. He has a lot of, bo- like, that boyhood friendship. You know, you kind of wonder if Stephen King actually did that. Um, uh, well, you can know, tell he was like, like, he, by he, his childhood. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, did he grow up with, like, a group of, you know, three other group of friends, you know, that he's kind of basing a lot of these characters? Because if you notice in a lot of his movies, he has, like, four, you know, really good guy friends. You know what I mean? And yeah. As uh, Dreamcatcher. It. It. Yeah. Um, the Stand. There's yeah. a lot of different characters. I think he's just good at characters. Yeah. Characterization or whatever, but we're not here to talk about Stephen King this no. episode. No, no. We're not. This episode, we are talking about 
A movie that came out in 1999 uh, called She's All That. It was directed by Robert Iscove. Uh, The writer uh, was Arlie Fleming Jr. Now, do we know if that's the only writer? Have you did you hear all the rumors when when they came out about this movie? Was it Freddie Prince Jr. or something like no, that? No, it... no, about who ghost wrote it. Who? M oh. Night Shyamalan. Oh, really? So he came out in like 2013 or something and said that he had ghost written um, uh, "She's All That," and you know <clears throat> the 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 writer the. Uh, Oh gosh, what, what was his name? I just said his name. Ar- uh, the Arlie, Arlie Fleming. Fleming Jr. You know, he came back and said, "No, that's not true." But then he deleted that tweet. Really? Yeah. So apparently, like you know, even filmmakers or uh, you know, the producers or whatever, uh, they had said actually, there's a little bit of truth to that. Um, and I guess what he wrote. Uh, so he wrote things like the uh, the bet. You know, he kind of beefed up the whole yeah. bet scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the hacky sack scene, the performance art scene, and a few others and stuff to just kind of be. So apparently there was a script written, and then he kind of turned it more Hollywood or something. I don't know how M. Night Shyamalan goes more Hollywood than less Hollywood or whatever. Oh, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so apparently, you know, before his Sixth Sense, or like when, when did the Sixth Sense come out? Do you remember? It's like 96, though. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. So we're saying that uh, he wrote this after he had blown up with mm-hmm. Sixth Sense. Uh, no, that one was 1999 as well. Maybe he did the some Sixth writing Sense on was? it. Yeah, that's when it was yeah. released. Maybe he did some writing on it um, when he was in production as well. He wasn't sure if the Sixth Sense was going to take off, so he took on a writing job or something. Because that came out in 1999 as well. Yeah, you'll see some of these like big-time you know directors and stuff especially nowadays most of them are all like grew up as nerd nerdy type people you know what i mean and and they uh grew up in that kind of culture and so you know they they don't mind coming back from you know big huge films to go into work on a big bang episode or uh you know uh um well will wheaton kind of just fell off though after well no Star Trek. no no yeah i mean i'll give you that but what i'm saying is like you know you see a lot of these big act uh directors that uh, that go on these movies and stuff like that, and uh, you know, direct episodes of TV shows or yeah. something like that. You know, like uh, who's it? Uh, Kevin Smith did some Supergirl episodes, and and uh, who was it? Uh, some people did some like I think Kevin Bang. Smith did Big Big Bang yeah. as well because the key Kevin Smith was on Big Bang. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, John Favreau did an episode of uh, what was it? Oh man, it was something I was watching pretty recently. It was just a regular TV show. I mean, not, not the he's Mandalorian, obviously, but... He's but a lot yeah. behind the camera as well as yeah. in front of the camera. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, back back then in the early 90s and stuff like that, it was unheard of, of a director coming on to a, a TV show or, you know... Do you remember was, John Favreau in uh, The Replacements, you know, with yes. uh, Keanu Reeves with the yeah. football team and stuff? Yeah. He was hilarious yeah. in that one. He was like a, uh, a psychopath in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, this is uh, this is another uh, and uh, you know continue our month with '90s team movie. We took a week off. Uh, if you guys listen to the "Can't Hardly Wait" episode, uh, you could hear I had a little bit of problems with my breathing. Uh, I was coughing a lot, taking very long, labored breaths. 
had a, uh, a mini uh, asthma attack after that episode. So, um, But glad to be back here uh, talking about this. We're going to extend this month into February a little bit so we can talk about the movies that we wanted to since we took a week off. Um, so today we're talking about She's All That. Um, this, this, uh, this movie is probably the most iconic of the teen mo- the late teen uh, 90s teen movies uh, we did can Harley wait uh, last week and while that is iconic in its own ways I'd say she's all that is probably the most popular um, well it's my it's my favorite one it's my favorite one yeah and a lot of people really like this I mean in the parody that came after the uh, the not another teen movie I mean this was the primary yeah. thing that it spoofed um and you know it's like i guess it's more representative of all late 90s teens like the pinnacle of late yeah. 90s teen movies but um but i mean look i mean look at the cast yeah. in this movie yeah this movie it's stars insane. uh freddie prince jr as the lead zach seiler uh also stars rachel lee cook as laney boggs uh matthew lillard <laughs> as brock hudson uh paul walker jody lynn o'keefe uh kevin pollock anna paquin kieran culkin I mean, Usher, Little Kim, Gabrielle Union, Dulé Hill, uh, Clea Duvall. You know, this, this this cast. This is what I'm saying. I mean, this is what I'm saying. It's the 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 amount of of you know famous actors in this film is just it's phenomenal. Yeah, even Alexis Arquette. Yep. Uh, Chris Owen. We had a Klepto Kid, uh, and that was in Can't Hardly Wait. Is in this movie. Yep. You know, this movie. Uh, <clears throat> It's just, it's just you know, like you said, so full of, of all this talent. But, I mean, it's still around that time where, you know, you had all these teens that were looking for work when two years previous to this, Scream came out. Yeah. Suddenly, in the last yeah. two years uh, between Scream and this movie, these car- these these teens were, or young adults or whatever were starting to get more work, right? Yeah. So everybody's in this movie, you know, everybody's going for all these teen movies. Get what you can so you can get in the spotlight because that's what's blowing up and everything. Um, you know, this follows one of those uh, movie tropes, the rom-com tropes where a guy or a girl makes a bet to um, that they can get with somebody else or make somebody beautiful or whatever it may be. Um, it's in another movie that we are still deciding if we want to do for this month called uh, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. There was a bet in that one. What are some more movies like this where, you know, they, they make a bet about getting with somebody or being with somebody or changing somebody and then they end up falling for them or whatever? Well, that formula tends to work really well in, like, horror movies and stuff like that, you know, and then it ends up turning turning into a carry situation. You right. Know what I mean, I mean, Carrie's carry kind of situation. like that in a sense. Well, you know, I mean, you have the, the ugly duckling into yeah. a beautiful swan thing, right? And, and how, how they're, they're kind of doing it. They're, you know, going to taking her to prom just so they could play this massive prank on her and drop a bunch of blood on her. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the same situation. Sorry, yeah, you know? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be the horror advanced. movie uh, routes with the pig's blood and everything. But, you know, you got like Sabrina and, yeah. um, uh, Pretty Woman yeah. and Emma and you know all these different types of movies, but with bets and stuff, you got like this one. You got Ten Things I Hate About You. Um, <clears throat> what was the other one I wrote down? Uh, the uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Yeah. You know that's another. There's, there's another bet. I mean, it's it's just you know kind of one of those common tropes She's where the they they start out with as as you know d bag. Uh, yeah. Uh, characters at the beginning usually it's a male I mean in, in the long run Rick, like 
did Freddie Prinze really change at all throughout the whole movie? No, I don't think he did. I mean, did. He, I he's think pretty he much was the a, same he, guy at the beginning of the I movie. I think he was, he was a douchebag yeah. at the beginning, yeah. and he was a douchebag at the end. I think, uh, take her, for example. Short, decent rack, kind of a Chelsea Clinton thing going on. But, given the right look, the right boyfriend, bam. In six weeks, she's the one being crowned prom queen. And she, and he pretty much kind of lifted her. Yeah, oh yeah, made her, you know, the ugly duckling, made her the, the queen of prom and, and all this other stuff. I mean, not really, but, you know, it. but at the same time, it, it changed her. But nothing changed about Freddie Prince. No. So so I mean it, he maybe he he was okay. Sorry, go ahead. No no. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying like you know like when she's talk when he's talking to her her brother or something like that. You yeah. know, at first meets her. You know, calls calls him uh, what squid or something like yeah, that or something like that. Yeah. And and uh, you know he's like oh he knows my name he knows my name and he's spaz. like spaz spaz yeah he called you spaz that's not your name you know and it's like yeah, that's not his name yeah but. It, it, throughout the whole situation, I mean, he, yeah, he he helped clean the house, right? But he got the JV soccer team to clean the house. Yeah, you know, like as a, a form of punishment. In well, a way. he's delegating. <laughs> right, right. But he's, he's delegating. Gonna, he his delegates his sister to yeah. make her up. Exactly. He delegate. Yeah, yeah. So, so throughout this movie, I mean, if you, if you, you know, I didn't really think about it until you know recently. I was like, you know, it's 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 more of a redemption story for her to know that she can. You know, be in both worlds kind of situation. She can but, be herself, but she can also be herself and open and up accepting. To you know, yeah, accepting other people and having you and know, accepting other of accept herself her. and accepting of the fact that she is beautiful yeah. and she. It's okay to to act beautiful, to be beautiful, dress right. up, and 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 to to socialize with people and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, so in a sense, it's more or less like a a, a redemption or a, a changing. Uh, you know, from the Black, black duckling to the white, you know, beautiful swan or whatever you want yeah. to call it, you know, whatever that story was. But, um, you know, it's kind of like that, you know what I mean? Where, where it's, it's a changing <laughs> and redemption story about her, but with him, he doesn't really change. He's, no. he's exactly the same character. You know, he might be a little bit nicer to, but you know, by being nice to her brother and her dad and everything else like that, he's still being mean and rude to other I think, Yeah. I think the only thing he realizes is, is the bet that he made was a bit shallow uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. I mean, he really didn't have to change much to keep the girl. Yeah. You know, he, I think he's, you know, he said sorry. Or maybe he didn't even say sorry. Yeah. I think he just showed up at her house at the end or something, and they, they danced. I know. That was so stuff. random. So, I mean, there like there was, like, no real apology, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I guess he did. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it really was. I mean, it was real quick. You know? Yeah. There was... I don't know. Uh, anyways, this this movie is at the tail end of the '90s, right? Yeah. Right at nine, you know, it's 1999. You know, it's before Y2K. Crazy, crazy to think of. You know, when everybody thought that the you know the world's computers were going to crash. Uh, <laughs> you know, come January first, 2000. Um, but you know, this I was at a party at that time. Were you at a party? This, I mean, this is '90s all the way down to the title, right? Yeah. She's all that. Like who says that anymore? Nobody says that anymore. So there was like a Nickelodeon yeah. sketch show back in the day, and back in the '90s called All That, uh, and it was kind of like an, a Saturday Night Live yeah. or, uh, or it had uh, Keenan and Kel and and uh, yeah, what, Amanda TV. Bynes. Yeah, Amanda Bynes was in it, and it was called All That. You yeah. know, and that was like a term. Uh, she's all that. Oh, you you know, I mean, it's like you you yeah. rock. You're awesome. Yeah. You're all that. You know, so I mean, it's you know, it's it, it's dating itself with the title yeah. right off the bat. 
Yeah. Um, and then with the music that it kicks off with, do you know? I mean, did you recognize who it was? Um, Remy Zero. Oh yeah. So my favorite TV show, Smallville. Uh, the, the theme song for Smallville was "Save Me" by Remy Zero. Uh, this is another uh, Remy Zero. What's this called? Prophecy. I think it's called Prophecy yeah. or something like that. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's 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 all '90s, right? Right down to the the title, uh, the the song sequence that kicks it off with her doing her art, her crazy weird art and stuff, and she kicks it off uh, showing how just antisocial she is, you know, um, how Janine Garofalo she is, you know that that they, you yeah. know, to use another '90s reference. And, and I'm sorry, like I, I I mean I didn't go to a very big high school, but you know. Our nerds didn't. Our, our nerdy people. Let's just say. I mean, I, you know, I was kind of in the middle there, but you know, the the nerdy people in school, or whatever. None of them looked that good. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I'm just saying. So since you bring it up, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Okay. So the big thing with this movie is, um, and and what you know, uh, not another teen movie, and so many other movies parodied after yeah. that, is the whole, um. You know, the ugly duckling or whatever. She wears glasses and she wears her hair up, right? And by the end of the movie, all she's done is taken her glasses off. Yeah. She's let her hair down and suddenly she's beautiful, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, I get it. You know, people say that about this movie. And they're right. You know, that is that is what happened. But, you know, you miss little nuances. Like, a lot of people don't know she does have a unibrow, but you can't really see it because she has her glasses and everything. So, I mean, there there are different little things here. I mean, even that, oh, okay, so it's a unibrow. So, it's still Rachel Lee Cook yeah. with a unibrow. Who cares? <laughs> um, but it's not so much about her looks. It's about her personality. Yeah. And that's what... I always thought those same criticism about this movie. You're like, oh, yeah, she takes her hair, uh, you know, takes her glasses off, lets her hair down. She's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more about her personality, right? You know, she's, you know, she's, uh, she, she is mousy and adorable and all that kind of stuff, but she's very angry and acerbic, and you know, antisocial, very antisocial. And so, you know, people don't want anything to do with her, not, not because of her looks necessarily. People don't really look at her like that because they don't want to look at her at all because they don't want to catch a side glance from her or whatever because she's always so angry and she's always so acerbic that, that, that people just don't want anything to do with her personality and everything. Oh, stay away from her. She'll go off on you. Stay away from her. She's, you know, crazy and all this kind of stuff because she's just got that harsh personality because of her childhood growing up yeah. and not having a mom because her mom died so early. So it's more about the personality. So people don't even really give her a second look because she's just up. Oh, don't, you know, stay away from her. But once people start looking and once people start paying attention to her and our lead, Zach, starts paying attention to her, that's when it's kind of like, oh, wait, there's more to not only her personality, but now I'm actually looking at her. She's very beautiful. You know, who cares if she has her hair up? Now they have to make her into the prom queen and everything, so they do have to yeah. physically make her up. But yeah. but he realizes, oh, she actually is very beautiful in these little moments, these mm-hmm. little side glances that she has and different things <clears> like <throat> that. Whenever he tells her her eyes are beautiful and she goes, oh, you're kidding me. She's like, get out of here. <laughs> She's like, my eyes are beautiful. <laughs> you know, I thought that was hilarious. Well, yeah, but. because that, that seemed, it seems so natural, you know, like that her commenting on that was, was just very natural in the way she was saying it, you know. Exactly. And, and in real life, it. that's what yeah. people would say. Yeah. And in movies would be like, 
your eyes are beautiful and she'd be like oh you know swept yeah. up in the romance <laughs> and so she goes oh please yeah. you know my eye she goes and then she walks away and she's like you know when the captain of the soccer team you know starts touching my face in a dark alleyway you know that's well that's i want to i want to speak on that too because i this one thing i noticed is that in a lot of these 90s movies i noticed uh or late 90s you know uh um teen comedies whatever the the crap we're calling it now just call them teen movies <laughs> whatever. No, the 90s teen movie okay the january uh podcast uh movies that we're doing um so you know have you noticed that like all you know back in the 80s and early 90s and stuff it was all about football was like the surrounding sport at schools but in these movies it's always like lacrosse or soccer or you know something that's not it's, very big and it, it's california yeah well i mean it's like those three years you know three from 97 to 99 you know 2000 whatever that that little period it was all about it wasn't like high school football you know was the background to the to the whole entire you know maybe that's because we grew up you know around like texas and different places like that or or at least had families that were in texas and so you know football was a big thing but i mean like this obviously this takes place in california and so california out there you know sports are gonna be you know it's not so heavy on the football they have soccer and lacrosse and different things like that yeah but I don't know. It's and some of those sports. I guarantee when it came out, like I didn't know what lacrosse was at you know when I was younger or whatever. Like I'm like lacrosse. I'm like have no clue what lacrosse is, and, you know. And so it's like they throw in lacrosse. It's like a bunch of sticks that are throwing a ball with the stick, you know, and trying to make a stick, goal boy. of some Go sort. Stick. Yeah, but it's like like you know something. I don't I don't understand it, but. I probably still don't understand it, actually, but, um, you know, go with that. Well, so, okay, so the, the, the premise of the movie is basically we open up uh, with this character, Lady Boggs, which, interestingly enough, there's a few things about the naming of the characters. Um, Lady Boggs, uh, that name is named after two Winona Ryder characters. Do you know which Winona Ryder characters those are? Uh, From which movies? Eating Gilbert Grape. No. She wasn't even in that movie, yeah. but okay. <laughs> no, uh, so Lainey Pierce in Reality Bites. Okay. That was Winona Ryder's name. And then her name in Edward Scissorhands was Kim Boggs. So Lainey Boggs. That was, that's oh. that's where they got Lainey Boggs from. So was, where does um, Who's Eating Gilbert Grape fit in? There. It doesn't fit in anywhere okay. except for Johnny Depp. Okay. You got Johnny Depp on the brain. Well, no, I mean, didn't he date Winona Ryder? <laughs> he did. Wino so, forever. So there's the connection. Seven Winona degrees, forever, Wino forever. Two, two degrees of Johnny Depp, okay? I guess so. <laughs> you probably won't know this. Zach and Taylor, the, the, the Zach is played by Freddie Prince Jr. His girlfriend who breaks up with him at the it's beginning Taylor. is Taylor. Do you know where those names come from? Uh, say by the yeah, Close. It's a popular group back in the late 90s called Hanson. And two of the oh. members of Hanson were Zach and Taylor, and that's where they got the name for those. It's kind of corny. If it's weird. It. But, I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying is, like, these movies, you know, all these movies are, are going to be always going to be dated, right? They're, they're okay. not, they're not, you're not, you know, uh, what do you call them, you know, transcendent movies where, right. where you can watch them in any, you know, at any time, and they can still speak like Alien or something like that, that, that you know, it doesn't really capture the time of of the seventies or whatever, except in its technology. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's you know, this is all, you know, nineties stuff which, you know, kids nowadays a lot wouldn't get, you know, you know, with, right. You know, jelly sandals and, you know, surge and flip phones and, and different the clothes, things. Man, I mean, come on. Jinkos and uh I think Tommy- Hawaiian shirts with just like 
Weirdly colored parachute pants. Tommy Hilfiger uh, overalls. Remember Lucas had yeah, some of those. The, the, the bleached hair, bleached and everything. Hair. Yeah. So, uh, but basically, it opens up with uh, with Lainey, who is a, a, a very angry, uh, artsy type of person who doesn't want to have anything to do with the social structure of the school. Uh, but she's trying to get a scholarship into an art school. She needs one because you know her family's poor. Her dad's you know barely making it that type of thing um and then you have zach who we see come up to the school and this guy has got he's got portraits in the school he's got that's uh, i was gonna talk about i have a note on that but he's got chris evans did that in uh what another not another team movie but then it it shows him looking at a picture of himself so looking at a picture of himself so yeah so like it's it's he arrives at the school so this guy is like the got the fourth or fifth highest gpa and it's mentioned like five or six times in the movies. I have the fifth high GPA in the class, you know, and so he's got scholarships and all kinds of stuff. He's the, he's the, you know, play soccer. He's the president of the, the student body, all this kind of stuff. You know, he's got everything. So he shows up at the school and he's, you know, he shows up in his real nice car in uh, his parking spot, his own parking spot, which I've never known a school to have a parking spot for the student president or whatever, but his license plate on his vehicle even says prez he must have just gotten that for senior year because you only become student body president in your senior year right you can only hold that office as a senior so he must have just gotten that and it says prez he gets out you don't really see him until he walks up to a picture and it's a picture of him of his face and then he turns around and you see it's him and he's smiling because he's you know a, a douchebag <laughs> looking at his own picture and he thinks and then in not another teen movie when they spoofs it with chris evans it shows chris evans walking up and looking at a picture of himself looking at a picture of himself <laughs> <laughs> so you know it goes a little bit meta there but he arrives at the school and this this high school is torrance high school in torrance california do you know buffy what? the vampire slayer i know this because i love buffy the vampire slayer i love the movie i love the show and the fact that uh it was the same exact high school is is pretty funny because the relationship between buffy herself sarah michelle geller and freddie prince, prince who happened to be married what for like 20 years now or something yeah. probably longer well right? apparently howard stern owes uh freddie prince jr some money because he told freddie prince jr back when they very first got married like late 90s early 2000s freddie prince has like a shaved head and stuff yeah but he told him he's like you're gonna cheat you guys are gonna get divorced he goes five years i bet you a million dollars and wow. to this day, they're still married. He never cheated. None of, they actually pretty much left Hollywood. Yeah. Still happily married to this day. So Freddie Prince Jr. is like, Howard, like, you owe me a million bucks. And, and I feel like I've seen her in a lot more things um, more recently than him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't really even name the last thing he's yeah, done. Remember the Robin Williams thing that we talked about on our Toys oh, yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Was, she was in that show. Yeah. She played his daughter. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was his ad executive, but he was like a goofy guy. Yeah. But she was all serious and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyways, so he showed up there, and you know, obviously that's a school that they filmed Buffy in. And obviously later on in the movie, we see a Sarah Michelle Gellar cameo yeah. with her in the lunchroom. Three seconds. Yeah, and uh, she said she'd do it as long she as didn't she talk. Didn't, as long as she didn't speak or anything. So you know. Uh, uh, Rory Culkin, or not Rory, I'm sorry, Kieran Culkin. 
How many Culkins are there? I mean, seriously, you see these guys, like, there's so many. They're, they're like the Wayans brothers, really. You know what I mean? There's so many well, Wayans, Wayans, Wayans brothers, out there. cousins, you sisters, know. you know, nephews, nieces. I mean, there's so many Wayans. And the same thing with the Culkins. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, Macaulay's the the original. He's the, mo- he's the, he's the OG. Most but, I mean, the ones doing more things in Hollywood are Rory and Kieran. Yeah. So, like, uh, Kieran Culkin, he plays, um, was it, Simon? Yeah, Simon in this movie. And uh, for some reason, he's walking around and giving salt and pepper to people <laughs> on their trays. I don't know if he's a lunch aide or something. And apparently, in California, they have, they have uh, uh, high schoolers. Salting and peppering people's food, it's like a waiter or walking around and everything. I don't know if that's the real California high school experience, but um, you know, Kieran played. Uh, oh, real quick, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in that. She didn't, but they were filming on the other side of the high school at the time, and I think they had already done. You know, I know what you did last summer. I think at this point, Freddie Prince and uh, and uh, Sarah Michelle were dating, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, so. seriously, they've been married for what, like twenty five years now? Yeah. Well, well, I know it's been at least twenty because this movie came out in ninety nine, so at least twenty. Yeah. At least twenty years or so. Um, I mean, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, but uh, Kieran Culkin, who is, uh, we were just talking about, he he played you know Fuller in Home Alone yep. and Home Alone Two, the one that would always pee the bed. Um, he was also in Scott Pilgrim and something else. Rory was the one that was in Scream Four. Yeah, um, I think uh, wasn't Kieran in uh, or was it Kieran or Rory that was in uh, the Six or um, Signs or was it a different, completely different Culkin altogether? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I said there's there's many of them, right? There is a few it's brothers, a, and I you know I feel bad, but I'm like I, I it's it's hard for me to kind of to keep these uh, these in line. But yeah, Rory Culkin, who is in Signs um, as as the son with the asthma and stuff, he was the one that was also on Scream Four. Okay. So just a little history there, but. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I, I did have that note written down about him looking at his own picture and everything. So, anyways, we get Jodie Lynn O'Keefe coming as Taylor. She's uh, his girlfriend, and she has some news for him. They're all coming back from spring break. Well, she cheated on him over spring break with a reality uh, TV show from the real world. And his name is Brock Hudson. And Matthew Lillard, <laughs> and uh, obviously played played by uh, played by Matthew Lillard in this movie. Um, what did you think of Brock? Do you, you obviously know who they're parodying? I don't know how yeah. how an, uh, adept you are to the real world. No, cast. at the beginning of the real world, yeah. I, I when it first came out, I, I am. Do you remember the cast yeah. members' names? Uh, he was like Bug or something. Puck. Right? Puck. There we go. That's yeah. Right. So Puck and Brock. You know, it even sounds yeah. a lot alike. Yeah. But, and they kind of acted a lot alike. Yeah, he farts everywhere. And yeah. And Puck was like this guy that would like piss everybody Stupid, off. Yeah. And it was, I think he was in the very, very first season of the real world. Yeah. And uh, he would piss everybody off. And, and I don't know if he eventually got kicked out of the house. He's probably but, like the, the originator of, of reality TV. It's got to be real world. The real world? Yeah. I, I feel like I want to no, I think say Big the, Brother in the UK, I think that's uh, been going on for a while on the BBC. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, like with, with real world, I mean, that came out in like early it's 90s, the, I think right? that's probably the first of the scripted reality yeah. shows, you know, where they're they're real, but they're not real. You know, basically, a lot of the confrontations are made up. Yeah. And are scripted and all that kind the of Jerry stuff, Springer you know. Episodes. 
that and the Jersey Shore and Buck Wild. Do you remember Buck Wild? Yeah. I can't stand any reality TV shows. I cannot watch any of them. I like uh, uh, it's trash TV. It. It's one of those guilty pleasure trash things that like I'll watch like Jersey Shore. I can't stop watching. Like what is wrong like, with you? I don't watch it all the time, but like Thank God. every once in a while I'll be like, you know, I want to watch you know if I see it for free or something. I'm like, you know, this is just trash. It's a train wreck that you can't stop. Now, yeah, I get sick of it after a while because like, like cops. I can watch stupid. cops. I think cops is hilarious on a lot of things. Yeah. You know, they do a lot of funny stuff, but I mean, as far as reality TV show, that's about as far as I go, because well, no, I mean, like, like you know, like uh, what is the pawn shop one? I, I like those ones. You know, those aren't really scripted, because I mean, a lot of this stuff really, you know, you'll see live people going on that show to sell stuff. Well, yeah, I think Steve Carell went in there, too, and it was really awkward yeah. how they how they were trying to act like it was real and stuff. But yeah. Did you ever watch Buckwild? Uh, it was. I think it was another MTV thing, um, but it was. It was more about like people that lived in hollers. It might have been and like, yeah. like it's like very redneck and stuff, and just yeah. these people that, and like the main guy on there that was like always the one doing crazy things. You know, he actually died. Oh wow! They went to go. They went like mudding and stuff, and then they just That's turned crazy. their, or they they left the car running to stay warm or something, and fell asleep in their truck and. There's like a hole with the exhaust, and they all ended up, you know, oh suffocating and dying in the truck and stuff. But it was crazy. But that was a really good show. Yeah. Well, so you know, I, I thought this was probably Matthew Lillard's worst role. I mean, worst role as as in most unlikable. Well, it, he's it's very unlikable, unlikable, but it just really didn't seem like he was making any effort in the acting. He looked like he was just having fun, and yeah. you know, he, he had to play that crazy outlandish personality so you know I mean, he wasn't he, taking it too seriously and him and Freddie Prince have to be pretty good friends as many movies as they've been yeah. on together it's like it's kind of like the the uh you know James Franco and and Seth uh Seth Rogen kind of yeah. thing you know what I mean and, and so it, it's they've got to be good and friends. Jason Seagal yeah yeah and they were all friends back in freaks freaks and geeks and kind of came up together and everything but yeah but but you know it's kind of like one of those things where you know <sighs> They have to be friends because, I mean, some of the movies that they do are just so corny. Because, I mean, you look back and uh, she's all that, right? I think it's the best one out of all those uh, teen dramas that we're doing this month. Uh Um, I think it's the best of them. But, you know, you start watching these again and again, you know, all these different types of movies. And you're just like, man, this is so corny. It is so, so corny. But that's because, I mean, you know, ever since then we've gotten, you know, movies have to be more realistic. You know, the acting has to be more realistic. The the script has to be so dire and bleak and realistic that it's like, why are we escaping into cinema anymore if we're just dealing with the same crap we do? Why can't we have dance bits anymore in in the middle of movies? I can't wait to talk about that. Um, So let's, let's get into some of the other introductions here. Uh, I completely forgotten, and then I said, of course, that's who it is, when Dulé Hill yeah. showed up as one of the friends. I was like, it's Gus. It's Gus from Psych. Uh, but I think he was that character first. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Was yeah. yeah, I mean, and he almost had that, you know, he <laughs> he had the big hair. It's almost like an afro. Yeah. It's not quite a high top, yeah. you know, f- uh, a high top fade or anything like that. But, I mean, it's a, it's very high hair. 
Uh, so in Psych, whenever uh, Sean was like, you know, talking about his hair back in the day, and he, oh. he goes to Sean, he goes, he's like, I never had a high top, Sean, and everything. And I, I just thought of this because I was like, he did have that high hair and everything. So maybe that was something that they were referencing oh. and joking around about in the show. Yeah, I mean, um, we're you know, we're gonna have to talk about that, right? The similarities between Psych and this movie in particular. Yeah, because I mean, there was at least two actors from this movie that were in Psych, and that was Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. were both in Psych. Right. Right. Let's see. I want to try to say. So Rachel Lee Cook played Abigail, who was Sean's uh, high school love interest that he left on the dock and 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 left town. Whenever yes. he left town, he was she was the last time thing he saw. He went to meet her and saw her, and then just got scared and left town. And then uh, and then Freddie Prince Jr. Please remember he was a nerdy friend of theirs when they were younger. And they went to meet him when he was older, and he's all like jock now, and he's got the football jersey and everything, and he's helping them with the case. But then we find out that he does still have like a secret nerd cave and everything. <laughs> so I just thought that was cool. And, you know, you get to see Dulé Hill and Freddie Prince Jr. work together again and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was cool. Also, and I had mentioned this last episode, remember I talked about some uh, some actors we had lost yes. between then and yeah, now? yeah, yeah. So, you know, talking about our first one here is Paul Walker, um, yeah. who played such a good role in this line because it's so anti to what he would play from then on for the most part and for, so anti what he was in real life if you hear other people talk about him. Yeah. You know, um, he's he's just such a bad person. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. is not a good person. No. He, he's, he's just he's about as terrible as Paul Walker, in my opinion. Uh, but the movie, those guys, those movie guys, makes him out to be yeah. seem to be better than he is. Well, th- those those type of dudes actually existed in high school, so and they still to this day. You know, I mean, you have those types. Yeah, I never met anybody like that or knew of anybody that was that awful. I think it's. I thought it was more of a caricature, but then again, you know, I tried to stick away from most of that. Well, well, you know, I mean, when it when it comes to it, I mean, like like we were talking with Can't Hardly Wait. You know, all those personalities they exist, but they're exaggerated. Just like these two are. You know they exist, but they're. I think they're a lot exaggerated. Yeah. You know? I mean, they. It's just that type of character, and you know, you know that. And it was funny because Dulil Hill is the only one that's really kind of got any kind of common sense out of the three, between Paul Walker and Freddie Prince. I guess like, he's but the I mean, only he's one that really laughing kinda, at the bet though. He's yeah. Like, I know. I know. I know that. But I mean, you know, at the same time, it's you know, you can also tell that he's really not going to have any part of it. You know, he doesn't want any part of it. Of that situation. Well, yeah, when they when he was trying to get the girls to play play volleyball, soccer with them yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah, volleyball at the beach and stuff, and he's she's like, Laney, you want to come?" And she's like, "Oh, she doesn't want to do that." And he goes, "Is your name Laney?" Yeah, you know, just like, "Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care." And she, then she goes, "No, thank God." No offense. <laughs> I thought that was delivered so awesome, but you know, Paul Walker, I, I felt like in this one, you know, he's kind of new. Uh, this is one of his earlier roles. He's definitely got like kind of a rounder baby face. Yeah. Maybe before he lost. Because he was jacked in this movie. Yeah. You know, first of all, he delivers lines like he's not sure if he's going to make it to the end. Yeah. You know, kind of like he's remembering it as he says it. So you can tell he's kind of fresh like and everything. Surfer dude type, type mentality. Yeah. But based on his mass here, like you saw him in the, the locker room scene, like he's he was way more jacked here yeah. than you see him later on. Okay. Um. 
I think if he had kept going this way, he would have been more, more jacked in, than Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel in those yeah. uh, the Fast and Furious but movies. But then you get a look at it, and you're like, you know, I think so, the reason Vin Diesel looked jacked, I mean, he, he might have been big, but the way he carried himself, you know what I mean? Like, Because then you, you put The Rock right next to him, right? And the rock's like double his size. Well, yeah, and I mean, you realize it. And ro- genetic, rock's yeah. a big, yeah, rock's a big dude. But, but at the same time, you're like, you know, okay, maybe Vin Diesel. I mean, it's not as big as he looks. You know what I mean? And the same thing with Paul Walker. Maybe maybe it's just the camera. But I don't know. I, I know in this movie, you could tell that like he was going for a certain type of body type and acting. Probably wanted to be like a kind of a muscle bound action star. Yeah. And then started doing other things, you know. He and he has has great acting in this 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 film, you know. I think Rachel Lee Cooks even talked about how you know he became so no, well known for uh, Fast and Furious movies, yeah. but some of his smaller roles, you know, he does he's done such an amazing job in his um, his acting. And in fact, when he when 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 Paul Walker's character picks up Lainey for the dance at the end of the uh, at at uh, you know at the end of the movie. Now, were um, you expecting that? Let, let, let me ask you this. I mean, I, I know it's the first time you watched it was a long time ago, and that's why it's kind of hard to do uh, when you do podcasts over like movies that you saw 20 years ago, right? That, that you know, were you surprised when you first watched it? Do you remember, were you surprised were you, that, that he was the one standing when there? I watched it, when I watched it this time, I I was like, I bet it's Paul uh, Paul Walker. And, I, and, of course, I remembered. Um for 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 some reason, I think I think when I was younger, I I even then I was like, well, it's either going to be Paul Walker or Freddie, Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Right. Um, and I'm like, it'd be too obvious if it was Freddie Prince if it was Zach. So when you see Dean, who's Paul Walker's character, then you're like, oh, okay. But at the end of that scene, whenever he was, you know, just like, look, I didn't ask anybody else to, to, for the chance that you would say yes. And, uh, you know, he's acting like, I mean. He's a manipulative he, douchebag. He, yeah. he acts like such a good guy. And then yeah. I guess when they were done with the take, the cameraman, you know, kind of comes out from behind the camera and is like, I'd believe him. <laughs> you know, he actually said that. Yeah. And Rachel Lee Cook said that it was that was an interesting memory she had that the cameraman, you know, you don't get much from the, the, the sound crew or yeah. the, the film crew or whatever. Right, right, right. You know, besides the director. But when you get a cameraman that comes out and it's like, I'd believe him. You know, that's when you know you did some good acting and everything. Yeah. He just plays that nice guy so well. And I think that's maybe because that's who he really, yeah. that's who he was really like. But Now, did you, did you like the whole uh, kind of side story, I would call it, you know, between Matthew Lillard and uh, Jody Leno O'Keefe character? You know, like like the whole kind of they were they were kind of just throwing basically. You were kind of seeing a train wreck slowly happening. You know what I mean? Like through it was a side story. Where I thought was, they were both on drugs at that party. Did you remember? Yeah, they, they come stumbling down the stairs and yeah. all that kind of stuff. They were drunk or so they had to be drunk. Well, I mean, they were drunk. Bad but it looked like they were like getting into yeah. drugs and stuff. It, it, I, it was kind of bad way of showing. Like it, they didn't look like they were drunk. You know, just like you said. You know, you thought they were on drugs, but they didn't look like they were drunk. Yeah, uh, you know, it was it's it's. Yeah, it was a little bit more than drinking, I think. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, as far as uh, Matthew Lillard just kind of not not really putting a lot of effort into this role, I will say yeah. that he pulled off the whole, um, you know, the guy who, <laughs> like, whenever he's watching, you know, obviously he wants to watch himself on the real world more than he wants to make out or have sex with, with the Taylor yeah. uh, character and everything. And uh, it gets to the point where <laughs> you remember, and he's like, you know, nobody's taking me seriously here. And he goes, hey, what's up, man? And they're like, screw you. And he's like, 
see what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, he's just like so upset about it and everything. I thought that was funny, but his whole character, yeah, it, it was, it kind of got annoying. It kind of, well, that, that, even that grating. whole side story, but it was just kind of like his dance. Yeah. And, and it was like kind of breaking a fourth wall in a way, you know what I mean? Like that whole side story, because you remember he, Freddie Prince starts hallucinating in, in a sense or dreaming or whatever it was where he thought he was talking to, Matthew Lillard right. on the, uh, real, the world. real world, you know, and, and very medicine. Yeah. I mean, cause it, you knew exactly what was happening. Yeah. You know I mean? It wasn't like, Hey, what's happening? Is he on the real world yeah. uh, on the TV or on the movie? You know, and you know, you yeah, knew it automatically. Was very it was, good. Yeah. Yeah. You knew automatically it was some sort of dream or, or, you know, thought in his head or whatever, but it, uh, you know, they, again, those two work very well together on screen. Even if it, they were only on screen for like, Probably a total of five minutes together throughout well, this whole movie. Well, Jody Leno, are you talking about Jody Leno Keefe and, uh, and no, Matthew no, Lillard? Freddie, Freddie Prince oh, and okay. Matthew Lillard together? They were only maybe five minutes in the entire movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. Jody Leno Keefe, she was uh, one of these. She was in that Whatever It Takes movie too, right? With yeah. um, oh, the guy from Walk to Remember, I can't remember. Yeah, the British guy, and right? yeah, and James Franco. No, um, isn't he British in real life though? Not James Franco, obviously, but uh, I want to say he is. who. The actor that you're talking about, the one in the one to walk to remember. Yeah. No, uh, no, he was also in that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I can't remember what his name is, but anyways, yeah. um, Jodie Lynn O'Keefe was one of these. She she always plays an unlikable, um, an unlikable person, right? And and I think it's because you know she has the RBF, right? Don't you think? I mean, yeah. she, she's just got that that angry look on her, you know. She, but I mean, I'm not saying that happens all the time, but I mean, like you could, she pulls it off really well, you know, that RBF and 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 giving that that sinister look and all that. That being said, she did play very likable person in Halloween H2O. Uh, she, you know, she was that one girlfriend and everything, but but she kind of plays the same role. No matter what movie she's doing. Except for an H2L. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Whenever she is playing that bitchy person, it's the same person. You remember her in Prison Break? <clears throat> she I works do. for bad guys. Yeah, yeah, day. yeah. And almost the same exact character, you know? Yeah, just that person grown up and turned into like an assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, obviously she does a very good job of being unlikable. But she does lead the dance number at the end. Now, as we've talked about, a lot of these movies have... You know, they'll have these these ridiculous dance numbers or whatever, you know. Can't hardly wait. Had the uh, the Paradise City yeah. singing scene and all that. Um, uh, so Harvey Weinstein, uh, obviously Dimension produced this this movie and everything, yeah. and uh, the Weinsteins did. Are we allowed to say his name on radio? Uh, you know, it's it's whatever. The, this, 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 this guy, this gross disgusting guy he uh anyways he he said that uh she's all that needed a sword fight he wanted a sword fight and how do you get i don't know if it's like a drama department like oh it's part of a play but it's like the characters are like sword fighting and practicing but it's like kind of it's kind of crossing over with real events so then they start to really start to sword fight and all this but he wanted a sword fight scene he, he thought that the movie needed a sword fight scene, but he didn't understand the dance number scene, which a lot of people like, well, why is there a dance number? How did people start spontaneously dancing? Yeah. But for some guy to say, I don't understand that, but I want a sword fight scene, that's a little weird. Uh, so I don't know how that was supposed to go, if it was supposed to be like a Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo oh plus Juliet type of Who situation. Who comes up with these ideas? I mean, really. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, but I will say there were some Shakespearean 
stuff that I want to talk about in a minute. But um, with the whole dance number scene, it can be explained. I think that they actually did film a scene. I don't know if it's in the movie, if it got cut or whatever, where Usher does say, all right, just like we learned in, just like I taught you guys in dance class or whatever. So I don't know if Usher was meant to be a student or a teacher or, I, you know, a, a, yeah, some kind of a teacher type of well, that, person that, who just got out of college and is teaching dance class and is the DJ or what. Well, I don't but, know. But, you know, at that year, you know, in 99, I mean, that wasn't his first high school type movie, was it? Well, no, I think faculty, he was in the faculty. Faculty, yep. And this one, I don't know what, I don't know if he's in any of the others, but I, don't, I was going to ask what happened to him because it looked like he was ramping up to start to be in movies and then he no, just No, I mean, he just put out, he had so much music out and then, you know, he's the one that. But he got a lot of current controversy, didn't he? But he With he, Chili and from yeah, TLC and all that kind of stuff. But, which is kind of funny because you could see the uh, parallels between him him and Chris Brown, right? Yeah. Because Chris Brown, you know, started acting yeah, but like OC. Usher and, was never like physically, no, uh, no, no, as no, far no. as we know. Yeah, well, yeah, as far as we know. But yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I mean, he also is the one that founded Justin Bieber. Usher did. Usher did? Yeah. And, and, and signed Ju- Justin Bieber. it was like Bieber. Kelly Clarkson. Didn't no, was, somebody sing Usher. to Kelly Clarkson in the middle of an airport or something? And she was like, I, I can't remember. Something like that. Um, no, yeah. Yeah. So it... it he was in there. I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, I know he was in the faculty in this movie. Those are the only ones I can remember he was in. But, um, but basically, what it is, and I could I could buy it, is is that you know these these group of people that were at the dance had been learning this this dance all year to do at prom together, like it was a uh, a joined effort. And so so I'm like, okay, that's plausible. I could see people like that doing it in high school. Let's make a big to do at the prom and learn a dance number the whole year through. But stuff like that doesn't really happen in real life. It could. I mean, I've I've known weirder things to happen in high school or to them to do put on skits and different things like that. Oh, uh, yeah. My last day of high school, somebody called in a uh, threat oh, to my last day. So literally, I would like, call that a skit, though. But no, I'm not saying it's a skit, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, that's probably the weirdest thing that happened to me in school, you know? Yeah. Just because it, I, I, I would go to... Last day of school, somebody called in a threat, and we had to end up uh, bouncing out. And you know, like within the first two hours of school, yeah, we see, some people are like, "Sweet, nobody. peace yeah, out, early out." <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I mean, that happened, but you know, I, it didn't matter to me either way. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I guess you could explain it that way, and and that explains why Lainey no. wasn't doing much. She was doing like the little karate <laughs> chop down, karate chop up, karate chop down, karate oh, chop gosh. up. You know. And that, that's about it, but it explained why. And she was like, uh, Rachel Cook was mortified at that because when she had read the script, that, that part wasn't in there. And then she found uh. out there was going to be a dance number. So she actually went to the director and was like, you know, I don't think my character would be in with the in crown yeah. and be learning this dance. And the director was she like, you know, that's a good point. So she got to actually get out of the dance. But I, I think Freddie Prince Jr. did too because I didn't see him in there. I saw Joni Lynn O'Keefe. <laughs> And a couple of the others. But remember when they were doing the girls against the guys yeah. face-off thing? It was her, but then it was some other dude and a bunch of other like background dancers and stuff. So I'm like, I don't know if maybe Freddie Prince Jr. was just so bad that they're like, okay, we got to get keep him out of the movie or something. But, you know, I didn't really see him front and center, and you would think that he'd be front and center in something like that. Well, I don't care what you say, but nothing will justify having that scene in the movie. Nothing you can ever say will justify that. At the beginning of the school year. All right. You know, as student no, no, body. No, I get what you're saying. As student body president, we're going to get together. Everybody, we have this dance class. 
you know, we're going to take an hour every day after school. And by prom time, you know, we got Usher, who's a dance guy. <laughs> he's going okay, okay. He's going to high going school with us that. now. It's going down. And so he's going to teach us how to do this awesome dance. And nobody's really going to be filming it or anything, but we're going to just do it with us. Yeah, so. I don't know. I think it could be, it could be explained <laughs> no, better, can't. a lot better than a sword fight, though. Well, both those situations don't don't apply, shouldn't apply here, in my view. But, but I mean, I get, I, I don't know if that was a thing, you know. I mean, I, I grew up, I went to high school in '99, you know. But it's like, was that, that? I don't feel like that. That was an ever thing. It's well, like, let's talk about something that's a little bit more of a thing, and that's the rappers who were beatboxing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now I felt like that and the Usher on the radio. Well, that's was, where the name came from, right? You know that, right? Right. I know, and, and that's what I'm saying is that I felt like you know that you know like you have soliloquies and like and and um, uh, which we call like uh, Shakespeare's plays, right? Yeah. So you have you have Hamlet, you know, you know, you have the to be or not to be, where you're just talking out loud and you're kind of talking about what's going on in the story. It's yeah. it's what's called an exposition. Scene, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I get so it. you're you're like, okay, this is what's going on. Yeah, there's so things like, going in the back background why that main character might be breaking that fourth wall in a way. Right, you're talking about right. Them. You have the bard, whatever, who's singing to the audience and telling yeah. them what's going on. I felt like you had that with Usher yeah. on the radio talking. Oh, this guy broke up and all this kind of stuff talking about. Oh, Oh, this is what's going on in the movie, yeah. and then you got the, the the rappers that were beatboxing there, and weirdly, Paul Walker smoking a cigarette. I don't know; they had to be edgy or something back in the nineties. That was that was it. Just felt weird that scene. But the 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 rappers talking about you know this is what Laney's doing. You know, uh, Taylor's old news. Laney's the new thing, and then you know at the end. Ch- ch- She's all that, yeah, you know, and so that's where you got the title of the movie. That's where that comes from. Is, is you know those the, the rappers, you know, she's all that. Um, I just thought it was kind of a cool well, little and thing. Even you Freddie know, Prince you, does does that thing where he he pretty much breaks the fourth wall, talks to the audience of the movie, and kind of explaining you things here and there. You know what I mean? Like talking about like uh, you know Matthew Lillard's uh, story and and Jody O'Keefe's story. You know, kind of. Uh, explaining what happened, you know, we're right, totally right. You have those yeah. elements of you know the the bard exposition or whatever it might be. Um, so I thought those were kind of cool little, cool little ways to, you know, uh, bring that old type of storytelling into you know the modern movie or or, yeah. or whatever it may be. But um, that was pretty interesting. Well, what was your favorite part of the movie? You go ahead, and then I'll say my mine. favorite scene is when the teacher comes up to her and talks to her about her painting and how well uh, it received because it was about her mother. You know, like Freddie Prince, it was kind of a combination of that, that one where Freddie Prince is talking to her about, you know, bringing in her art more personalized personalization, you know, more about her, not so much about what she sees, you know what I mean, or what she thinks, you know, people want to see kind of thing, you know, how she wants to, you know, make, make, basically make her art more about her, what she feels, you know, rather than what she thinks other people want to see. Yeah. You know, and then, and then her teacher coming up and saying, you know, this is the best thing that you've, you've, you've done all year, you know, of her painting of her mother or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I mean, because what was she painting before that? It was like a sewer scene or something. Yeah. Because her dad was a pool guy, so I yeah. don't know. It had to do with like pipes and different things. Yeah, but I think what it was is, like I said, it was she was trying to be edgy. You know what I mean? Because all the other uh, actress, uh, you know, the other um, people in the classroom was the one that were rich and making fun of her and stuff like that. Were, you, the clowns. Sh- were you shocked by... Clea Duvall she did such uh, Misty, a good job of them coming up to her and being like so we were just thinking that you should kill yourself I, I, that surprised me especially it back then it shocked me yeah, yeah because like nowadays like you can't 
I mean, you know, things have gotten so much more dire with teens, I feel, nowadays, you know, like a lot more of them are, are you know, you have things like 13 Reasons Why and yeah. things that, like, glamorize, in my opinion, you know, glamorize, you know, the suicide and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you, to have some, to have a 90s teen movie where, you know, you have these people where in, in, and she's, like, being attacked, like, like this, this would be something that, you know, someone would call "quote unquote" triggered uh, na- nowadays. You know, she, she, the, just the just the way that they delivered it. You know, they're just so, oh yeah, we were just uh, you know we got to see this. We went to France and talking about how rich she is and everything. Yeah. She's like, you know, we were just thinking that maybe you should kill yourself. And I know that was crazy, but but she she did a great job. She's a good actress. You know, she really is. She, she whatever she does, I mean, she doesn't. It doesn't seem like she has a huge wide range because she kind of always plays that type of character. This one, she was rich, but she still played that kind of, you know, real RBF. When did you first notice her? Oh. I wonder if it's the same as me. It was... It was not faculty. Faculty. That was the first time I noticed. Maybe, it. maybe that, maybe because was I mean faculty. that's obviously not the first thing she was in, but it's the first time I noticed her. She was Stokely in the faculty, yeah. and she was one of my her and Josh Hartnett's character yeah. were my probably my favorites from that movie. But um, I just thought she did a very good job of being a horrible, horrible, horrible human, human being. being. Yeah. Uh, and then when she was drunk at the toilet and saying, you know, <laughs> to, how does it face. feel to know I have all these uh, scholarships and yeah. I can go where I want? You know, because Lainey's desperately trying to get a scholarship, and she's like, and you're cleaning up my vomit. Yeah. You know, and all this kind of stuff, and she passes out, and then she has that that makeup. Yeah. What was interesting about that is that Clea Duvall was actually doing another movie. It might have been The Faculty, but I know she was doing another movie, but they didn't know she was doing this movie, and she actually had to sneak out and fly to go do this movie, and then she had to be back at a certain time uh, the, the, the night that they were filming the scene where she got all painted up. Yeah. And they were, you know, the people on She's All That knew that she had to get back to this other job. Yeah. And they're like, look, don't cry, don't do anything, or it's going to ruin the makeup and it'll take longer. So she was worried she'd get back on time. So she had to, like, clean it off as she was going to go back yeah. to do her, doing her yeah. other thing. But, you know, she uh, <clears throat> she was a very good character, but just because of how awful, awful she was. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, all these people were awful. Yeah, and I, I want to talk about Freddie Prince Jr. in a second, but my, I guess my favorite scene would be more the um, uh, whenever she finds out that she was a bat. Yeah. So, am I a bat? Yeah, bet? you had three three people there that were acting amazingly. Yeah. Like at the very beginning, I talked about how Paul Walker was just yeah. it, it. If you watch him, it kind of it, it it looks like he's trying to remember his lines as he's doing them. But as it goes on, it feels like he got better or something. But yeah, in that scene, it's bullshit. Wait, wait, someone asking me is bullshit? I thought we were going together. All right, Zach, enough's enough. This isn't cool anymore. I like this girl, and you gotta stop this whole bet thing. Look, Zach said he can make any girl prom queen, and you were the one pick, so he thinks that if he takes you to the prom, it'll help you win. He's doing this innocent thing yeah. really well, while also being such a, a prick to to the Zach character well, yeah, you know, I mean, by he's throwing own, him under the bus. Yeah, he's owning that. up to it, but he's not owning her, up to it. He's no, no, he wants her. Bad. Yeah, he wants her to think that he's owning up to it. So therefore, you know, he's kind of getting a, a or clean more, slate, or more it. that it was more Zach's deal, and that he never thought it was a good idea. You yeah. know, that's how he's acting and everything. Um, Rachel Lee Cook. Is that true? My bet? My bet? Am I a fucking bet? Yes. You know, yeah. um, 
the way that she just throws that line at him and just just sounds so hurt, so angry. She knew she shouldn't have done this, all this kind of stuff. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook talks about this scene now, and she said she remembers that scene because um, it was really hard for Freddie Prince Jr. to get through because in real life, he's nothing like he is in this movie. In real life, you know, he's kind of a softy and everything. So, and I guess what what Freddie Prince Jr. was saying at the time was, you know, how could any human being treat another person like this yeah. and all that? And, you know, it's like the dawning of him of how awful this is made it hard for Freddie Prince Jr. I feel like to he's, get he, through the scene. I feel like he's really his character on Psych. You know, like the, the yeah, character like he's the on nerd. Psych. Then I think he's like, you know, I mean, he doesn't look like a nerd, but, you know, he, he does all the nerd things because that's how he grew up. You know, I kind of feel like that's who he really is in a way, maybe. Yeah, I just get to go dabble in Hollywood yeah. every once in a while yeah. now, you know, whenever he feels like it. But, yeah, um, yeah so that scene, it had all three of those people really working a good scene and i like 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 the kind of the tragic moments in stories as long as you as long as you know eventually they're rectified or whatever yeah. but you know i i really enjoyed that but yeah talking about freddie prince jr's character um he's just an awful person i mean he was yeah. oh you know once he got broken up i can turn any one of these girls into the just all it takes is little hair and makeup you know so how shallow is that to begin with um and and the fact that <laughs> The fact that you know it's like oh we'll just take anybody you know and and we turn him into turn him into prom queen or whatever you know very shallow the way he acts he walks around like you know everybody has to do what he says he goes over to her house and you know talks to her dad kind of manipulates him talks to her brother manipulates him and all this kind of oh you want to yeah. go play some Sega you know all this kind of stuff it's it, yeah he and and there's really no change at the end yeah. he's still using her dad and her brother to get to her you know he shows up at the house and yeah. they invite her in even though he's been the way he has been through the There's whole no, movie. and like like i said at the beginning of the podcast the guy never changes like he is it's it's more of a growth story for you know rachel lee rachel lee cook's character than it is Freddie Prince because he does not change who he is. I right. Mean, with even with his own family, like they they know who he is. They know he's gonna, you know, he don't want to go to, you know, oh, I don't want to go to these elite colleges and graduate with a six figure exactly. income. I don't want to do That's that. That's his biggest problem. Oh, is 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 that he's accepted to all these colleges and that he doesn't know what to choose and that he doesn't want to be his dad. Where, where he's got like a full ride or, or whether or not his parents are rich enough to pay for it all. You know, he's, he's literally the king of high school the most popular has everything he's rich he can go to any school he wants his his, his future's planned out and he's just trying to tell laney about how sucky his life is and it's pretty cool. car yeah everything and it's cool because she actually goes are you kidding listen to yourself you can go to anywhere you want yep. you know you have like 10 ivy league schools that have accepted you you can do whatever you want and to the point where he goes okay okay you're right okay i'll let it go and then nothing's said about it again it's almost like yeah he's like yeah i get it you know or maybe he doesn't get it but you know the movie is harped on oh uh, he's he's so you know he's got all these problems he's he's got a you know he doesn't want to follow in his dad's footsteps and then the movie actually points out like this is pretty shallow you know yeah. problems to have and everything and so they just kind of let it go after that I mean, it's almost kind of like a, a Cinderella-esque type movie film, you know, where... where movie film? Movie film. I like that. We should start calling these okay. movie films. Movie films. What movie film are we talking about today? <laughs> She's all that. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it's... In this movie film, you know, it, it's kind of like a, cin a Cinderella-esque type 
type film except for you know they actually know each other you know what i mean but it, it's it's kind of like you got the 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 rotten stepsisters and stepmother and in, in, in the friends you know what i mean and 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 I, but the fact that they you know the, the recipe for this movie has been used probably quite often in Hollywood alone. You know what I mean? I mean, just what do the, you mean by the recipe? Which which part are you talking about? You know the 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 either the the ugly downtrodden guy or girl gets rescued and 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 is a project Makeover movie. Yeah, a project yeah. for for you know the the other sex or whatever you know. But uh, it's just it's been used before. But you know this movie did it pretty well. I think you know. I mean, granted, I'm not a big fan of Freddie Prince uh, acting in this film. I, I don't think it was good. It, just for the simple fact that like I've seen him do better, and he seemed a lot more. He just seemed fake. Yeah, he's in like, this one. Ah! Yeah. You know, he, he the, the way he talks, and he, he's he's, he's kind of got that lisp. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yes. when he talks, he has that lisp. But but when he but like when he does the the hacky sack thing, you know, it was tricky sack. Yeah, it's like that's so it was so awkward you know there's a lot yeah. of awkwardness in this. i guess it was good to like surrounded around him mainly it, like it was a way for him to show he has problems too let his inner problems out where she could hear what his problems are even though later on she's like your problems are stupid yeah you know <laughs> but yeah i get that i you know he 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 yeah he i don't think he was ever the best actor anyways no. you know he's a good leading man because he's charming he's good looking and all that kind of stuff but as you, I mean, it's no summer catch, okay, Matt. It's no summer catch. Or down to you, you know. Hey, I actually like that movie. He, okay, he, but he, that's the thing. He, you know, he he left Hollywood pretty much. Yeah. You know, he 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 didn't stay in for you know past like I'd say his mid twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Well, and, and if if anybody out there doesn't know that Freddie Prince dad's actually uh, Freddie Prince Junior's dad is Freddie Prince, who actually is a famous comedian back in the seventies, wasn't it? In the seventies, I believe. Yeah, he died when he was like twenty two. I think Freddie Prince he was, committed. Suicide, Jr. right? Yeah, I think Freddie Prince Jr. was like a year old or something. But yeah, yeah, it's it's it probably a very tragic thing. You know, uh, I haven't gotten into that much. I do know that I've I've listened to Freddie Prince. Um, one of my creative writing teachers in high school had us listen to it, and he is very funny uh, comedy. Um, but you know, very tragic what happened to him. Yeah, you know, he actually uh, uh, put put Muhammad Ali down once. Oh really? They were friends and everything. Yeah. Freddie Prince and Muhammad Ali, and uh, they were messing around once. And uh, I think Freddie Prince had to give him like a left hook or a right cross or something like that. Caught him right in the face and knocked him down onto the couch. And of course he's like, "Oh my God, let me go get you a towel," you know. So he went and got a towel and everything. He's probably like, "Please don't kick my ass and everything." Yeah. But you know, it was just kind of a play around thing. Cleaned him up, and then Freddie Prince framed that towel. With the you know like it was some kind of a trophy <laughs> that had Muhammad Ali's blood you know, like come like, on I now. just punched out the legend the yeah. greatest and I got his blood on a towel right here I'm gonna frame this keeper forever <laughs> I thought that was a pretty cool pretty cool story but um, yeah he had that um, uh, kiss me by Sixpence None the Mitchell kiss me I mean it, it was used reused again in not another teen movie yeah. it's used in you know all these other uh, spoofs or whatever it was very popular. But as popular as it was, and as popular as this movie was, it only made it to number two on the Billboard charts. Now, I say only, but you would think something that famous, at least on like opening weekend or the week or two afterwards, it would be like number one yeah. for a while. But, you know, it, it only made it up to number two on, on the Billboard charts. But that was such a, oh my gosh, how, many, how, many, how much did we hear that song in the oh, late 90s, early 2000s? Bit, and it's, it's iconic and... <clears throat> 
I want to say it's iconic to this movie more so than anything else, you know. Really, like uh, uh, what do you call it? Retail store workers, you know. I'm sure they hear it. And it's like, oh god, this song, you know. Well, because I mean, you, you, what what is it? Right when she's coming down the stairs, right? <clears throat> when they play this, um, or, or what what song are they playing when she comes down the stairs? Kiss me. It was kiss me, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when I hear that song. That's what I think of. Her coming down the stairs, yeah. all dolled up, which which is the most famous scene of the movie. And let, let's be real here, okay? She let her hair down, took her glasses off, put on a minuscule amount of makeup. Plucked, My wife plucked told her me eyebrows, this, plucked her her unibrow, her unibrow, shaved that ish off. Um, oh, she had Anna Paquin to help her doll up though too. Yeah, well, I'm sure there was other stuff that went along well, with it. Put some deodorant on and then uh, came down the stairs in a dress. But maybe that it's she more about picked out, mind you, because of the makeup and because of the dress and all that. Maybe it's more about how she carried herself because. If you look at it, when she first when it first pans up and then you see her face and she kind of looks up, she's very unsure. She's like, you know, if you look at the Laney that was at the beginning of the movie and then you look at the Laney that's coming down the stairs, you're like, okay, this chick is like, she doesn't want she doesn't want any kind of part of this type of life, but she's doing this to kind of appease her new friend Zach and because she's probably having feelings for him now, and so she's putting herself out there. So she's very nervous. She, you know, she doesn't, you know, she she was always very nervous about this type of life, anyways, and you so well. She I, I thought it was good acting of yeah. her when she came down the stairs and she kind of looks up and she's very unsure of herself. But obviously, it's Rachel LeCook. If you see her nowadays, she's I don't understand it. She's she's like the Keanu the the equivalent of Keanu Reeves, the female version where yeah. she never ages. Yeah, she's absolutely gorgeous. And anytime I've ever seen her, she's yeah. just like she, I, I don't yeah. think she ever ages. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's funny because, um, you know, I agree with you on that, too. But Freddie Prince kind of doesn't age either. Have you noticed, you know, like, you see... He has recently? a bit. He has a bit. If you, I don't know if you've seen him lately. Like, in, in Psych, not much or anything like yeah. that. And in 24, when he came back for 24 for yeah. a while. But, but if you see him now and he's doing his interviews for his cookbook and stuff, he, you know, he, he looks a bit different. And that's another thing, you know, Freddie, you know, we'd mentioned last week that there was this movie with him and Julia Stiles where he falls in love yeah, with Julia Stiles and he drinks her shampoo yeah. because um, they were together and she had this certain shampoo that made her hair smell a certain way. And when they broke up, he was so obsessed with that smell of her hair yeah. and he drank the shampoo, ended up going to the hospital and all this kind of stuff. But he was a chef in that movie. Yeah. And he's actually kind of a chef now. Yeah. And he has, he released it because he does all the cooking at home. He cooks like five meals a week or something like yeah. that for him and Sharon Michelle Geller and the kids and stuff. And, you know, so he has a, he has a cookbook. It's called uh, Back to the Kitchen uh, by Freddie Prince Jr. And it's kind of like home cooked meals for, for families and different things like that. But I mean, he's an actual, you know, I guess he followed that character in that movie down to you. Uh, and, you know, he, yeah, but do you think he chef. would sell any copies of this cookbook if he wasn't I'm, an actor? Well, I don't know if he would or not, but I mean, he, you know, use that celebrity status, you know, use that juice where you got it, you know, you know, use the clout where you got it. But, funny. It, you know, yeah, so now he's releasing cookbooks and stuff like that now. Sorry. So, um, but you know it's 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 not only him that went like Paul Walker became really famous after this. Um, uh, sure, Gabrielle yeah. Union became really uh, popular after this. You know, and, and Bring It On yeah. and, and uh, Bad Boys to You and all these other movies. Yeah. Um, Usher, uh, you know, there's a couple. Dulé Hill did really well with Psych mm-hmm. and everything. Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah, and Rachel Lee Cook though they kind of went down here. Yeah. Now Rachel Lee Cook was an antitrust. 
And that was, a, I think that movie was a career killer because Ryan Felipe was in that, Rachel Lee Cook and Claire Forlani. Yeah. Claire Forlani, Rachel Lee Cook, and, uh, and Ryan Felipe were all like big actors at that point. Yeah. You know, they'd been on all the teen movies. Ryan Felipe in, uh, uh, with Freddie Prince Jr. in, uh, uh, I know what you did last yeah, summer yeah. and cruel intentions. You know, Claire Forlani was in uh what was she in Empire Records? Uh-huh. Or was she in Empire Records? Who? Claire Forlani? Yeah. I know she was in like uh Mall Rats and uh a couple others. But you know, they were all like, you know, teen actors that had uh, not so much teen, but you know, like young adult actors yeah. who had done well in teen movies and everything. Yeah, she, she did Jack Black too, Claire Forlani. Uh, meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black. Yeah. And uh, so, <laughs> Jack Black. <laughs> what was it? He's a big guy. Me and my brother were guy. going down a long and winding road. <laughs> Play the best song in the world or I'll eat your soul. He's a very frustrating person to listen to. He is. Uh, but, you know, they were all in that antitrust movie. And, like, after that, like, None of them did very well. I think Rachel Lee Cook's been in like you know some Hallmark movies and done. I think she's actually on a Netflix show now. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. um, but you know that was always that that was interesting. You know uh, how how that movie did seem to do that to all those yeah. the three leads of that yeah. movie. Um, you know, a scene that I really like was you know whenever he first comes into that falafel shop where you know he's like. You know, I'd like to supersize my balls. <laughs> and she just kind of stared at him. You know, she actually asked to have that falafel hat. And, you know, they didn't want, you know, they didn't have it, but she's like, can I have one of these hats? So I think it just added to that weirdness oh, yeah. of her and everything. Because she kept pretty much straight face the entire time. And she was able to focus where even the customer wasn't able to focus as much. And same thing with Freddie Prince. But I mean, she was able to keep that whole conversation going, both those conversations going at once. Yeah. Know? And that's what I was going to say is that, you know, this, this, this scene is, is, is really good because she, I think she does really good acting in it because, you know, she, you know, she says, uh, you know, I'm not smart. You yeah. know, I, what do you think I'm going to tutor you? And he's like, I have the fourth highest GPA in the school. Mm-hmm. And she kind of looks over at what's his name from uh, Daredevil? Uh, Froggy. Froggy from Daredevil. Is that his name? Yeah, that's what they call him in Daredevil. Oh, okay. He was also in the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. He was in the Mighty Ducks. That's right. Um, he's a Mighty Duck alum. Yeah, he was kind of like the tough guy in yeah. Mighty Ducks and mm-hmm. not so much afterwards. But yeah. he, yeah, but she looks over at him and he's like, yeah, he does. He has a far. He was, kinda he was a Smash Brother, remember? No. He's one of the Smash oh, Brothers yeah, in Mighty yeah, Ducks. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they get together with that other guy. But yeah. Um, Anyway, so she, you know, he goes, I have the fourth high GPA. She looks at him and he nods and she looks back at Freddie Prince Jr. and she goes, what is this, some kind of like a nerd outreach program or something? You know, the way she delivered that line was so great because she's like, I don't understand why you're here. Yeah. Why are you in my life right now? Yeah. You know, what has changed? Why my, my, my world is out of sorts. What's going on right now? So I really liked that scene. I I liked her acting in that scene. Okay, so I got back on the mic here. Uh, this is a couple hours after we recorded, and I have I have Drew on the phone right now. Uh, hey, man, I, I I figured we should at least probably address real quick uh, the He's All That uh, remake. Have you heard of that? Uh. <laughs> uh so, he's All That? What? He's All That? Yeah, He's All That. It's going to be a remake, but the sexes are going to change, whereas... It's going to be a girl that's remaking like a nerdy dude or something like that. So, oh, that's weird. do you think you'll be watching that? No, probably not. Why, why, <laughs> why wouldn't you be watching that? Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, it just, I don't know. It kind of is one of those things where, like, if you're, if you're, you know, dedicated to the original, the remake, you know, it, it almost feels like you can't be dedicated to the remake, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I think Rachel Lee Cook is going to have, like, a cameo in it. It's not as her character, but as somebody else. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. Do you know who Addison? Yeah. Do you know who Addison Ray is? Yes. She's like a TikToker or something. That's, yeah, yeah, I know. My my daughter showed me her. Okay, apparently she's, she's like the second most popular person on TikTok. Yeah, I think that she, I, uh, that are the first, but I think she's going to take over the Freddie Prince Jr. role. Okay. And uh, I don't know how well that acting. <laughs> And then uh, Tanner uh, 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 Tanner Buchanan. You know who Tanner uh, Buchanan is? It sounds familiar. So he plays Robbie. Yeah, he plays is. Robbie on Cobra Kai. He plays Johnny's son. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's okay, kind of got okay. the, the longish hair and everything. But yeah, he's playing the Rachel Lee yep. Cook. He's playing the the Laney type of character where he's going to be like a nerdy guy who's transformed. Yeah. So that's gonna Yeah, I, I I didn't know how that's gonna be. Like, obviously, I'll give it a chance, and especially if it has Rachel Lee Cook yeah. in it uh, coming back, uh, I give it a chance. I just don't know how that's gonna be. I don't, I don't know if it's one of these things where they're just changing the sexes to for like a, a political social type of thing, or if it's a good story. But apparently, the guy who directed Mean Girls, I believe. Uh, is going to be directing, and and uh, it's written by the same guy who wrote uh, uh, the first. She's all that, so it might it might still be good. Yeah, well, I'll check it out. I mean, I, the only thing is, is that Addison Ray is not an actress. You know what I mean? She's just a she's a influencer on TikTok. So it's it's going to be the definition of whether or not you know. I mean, I'm not saying that she couldn't act, but right. Because who knows? You know, you see some actors out there that probably shouldn't be acting, but they do it anyways, and they still get paid to do it. <laughs> uh, can you give us some examples, Andrew? Uh, let's see. Who should? Um, <laughs> who do you want to throw under the bus here? Taylor Swift is definitely one that should not be acting. <laughs> she can't even act in her music. We're, we're like, okay, who do we not ever want to ever have on the show? Let's see. Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's one for sure. All um, right, man. Well, yeah. I, I just I just wanted to get your opinion. I knew we were going to get asked it because, you know, it's something that I meant to talk about that we never talked about. I, I don't really think it's necessary for us to talk about it because I don't know if either of us will have much interest. But, you know, it's something interesting about, yeah. about She's All That. Uh, we'll have to uh, watch and uh, He's All That. I don't know if that's going to come out later this year, but apparently they're shooting it. They got cast photos and all that kind of stuff. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Oh, wow. Um Okay. But, but yeah, okay, cool, man. Well, yeah, I just thought we'd get that, at least uh, get that laid down and then, uh, you know, give people our, our thoughts and our opinions on the uh, the new remake that's coming up. Uh, so we kind of, yeah, we kind of tie up all our, uh, tie up, uh, all our, our loose threads here of conversation. So, Hi, so you did, was this as enjoyable as it was when you first watched it? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, back in the day, you said it was your favorite. Isn't yeah. It? Was it just as enjoyable? It was. It just wasn't as, you know, outstanding back then it is now. You know what I mean? Because it's like when you grow up and you end up, you know, getting married, having kids of your own kind of situation. It's like 
you know that that was that high school drama you know that you kind of leave behind but at the same time it still it still hit the the right nerves and everything on the on hit you right in the feels yeah in the feels and uh but the ending i'm sorry the ending just didn't make a whole lot of sense the way they set that up it was like what when he was had to graduate naked no like they're dancing by the pool and it's like it's like he just showed up. Yeah, just it kind of, and everything went out the window. So obviously there was some kind of a date rape element that they kind of just skipped oh over. Uh, you know, apparently Paul Walker's character With tried to, uh, yeah, tried, and you could say, well, maybe he didn't do anything. Maybe he was just going to, and then she just sprayed him and left because she thought that's what was going to happen. But I mean, this guy, he had a hotel room, he had all this kind well, of no, stuff. No, we planned. hear him on screen and see him on screen stating that this is where he's heading. right, right. So you got to imagine there that he probably tried to come on to her, but you know. The movie kind of just skips right over that. And she's just like, oh, I figured it out just a little too late. I don't know what that means. I figured it out just a little too late. But then she said that she pepper sprayed him. Or no, no, she sprayed the horn. That's right. And uh, because then at graduation, she's like, they're calling your name. He's like, what? (laughs) That was pretty funny. But um, no, it, it, it. yeah, that was kind of weird because then he showed up at her house. I yeah. don't know how he knew she was going to be there. Everybody's okay with it. and Or why he didn't like try to find her at the hotel or whatever yeah. it was. Um, I don't know. It's just it, he just happened to be in her living room. And then she was finally okay with it. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> with the bed. She the was bed mad didn't at him. Anything anymore. And he hadn't really said anything to her about it. He tried to, but she didn't want to have anything to do. And then suddenly she was okay with it. Because, you know, you could tell when, when whenever her dad, before she went to the dance, he's like, that's funny because there's a guy dressed up waiting for you. You can tell she she's hoping that it's him. Yeah, yeah. And that maybe he's come well, back. Well, that's what I was saying earlier is that I, I actually kind of was like, well, I wonder if it's Freddie Prince. But then I also had to look at, let's see, how many how much time is left in the movie? Uh, maybe not. But then you're just like, well, then she's probably already forgiven him if she's hoping that it's him. You yeah. can tell that she's hoping okay. for that it's him. Okay. So it kind of take, almost takes that tension out because yeah. you're like, you're like, oh, is she still going to? Well, she obviously does because she was hoping that it was him yeah. picking her up. Right. But, I mean, all in all, I think it, you know, it, obviously it's not a movie that would work with teens nowadays. They, no. But, yeah. you know, back then... You know, this is the type of stuff that, you know, teens and especially uh, teenage girls just yeah. would lap yeah. up. Oh, yeah. You know, they love this stuff, even though <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. was the way he was. Or, I mean, I should say Zach. Zach was the way he was. Uh, and I don't think he made any kind of likable, um, you know, uh, changes throughout the movie. <laughs> he, he became he became a little bit nicer, I guess, and, yeah. and, and with her. But, you know, he's going to – he didn't learn any lessons that's going to make him – change the only lesson he learned is that you know oh there's somebody underneath this person but that was only with that one person in that one situation he didn't learn any kind of lessons about what a good life he has which is what they kind of set it up for yeah so i guess they're you know i think they were missing out on that but you know if you just want to kind of unplug and watch a fun team movie about you know, a girl and a guy falling in love, however the circumstances, you know. And if you're our age, you, you know this movie very well, I'm sure. And and most people know this movie and have seen this movie, but it's always good to rewatch it. You know, just like all these teen movies, you know, it's it's around that time where, you know, uh, some of us, some of us, not me, of course, but, you know, have high schoolers, you know, and uh, uh, I, I don't have high schools yet. You, you happen to have a high schooler, but... But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where, 
you know, you want them to see that movie because you're like, you know, this is my high school when I was in, in yeah. school. This was the time period I was in high school. So that was kind of good to show my kids now on some of these movies because some of them they can't watch. But the some of these movies, I, I tell them, I say, look, this is how I, it was in my school. You know, it really was, except for nobody played lacrosse. No, well, they didn't in this one. Wasn't what was lacrosse in? Which movie was lacrosse oh, in? It's it was in another Freddie Prince movie, or maybe, <laughs> maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a Freddie Prince remember, movie. I've seen one. Someone, I think lacrosse was more in like the early two thousands and the mid two thousands. That's when it started really becoming in movies. Yeah. Like yeah, the late nineties is a lot of soccer. And yeah, because I think she and uh, Ten Things I Hate About You there playing soccer out on that field too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Because so, he mean, was standing at the field. Maybe yeah. it's just a California thing or whatever, <laughs> but. Knows? I don't know. Give this film a watch. It's really good. We enjoy it. Uh, we enjoyed it, I think, as much as we did back then. Yeah. Yeah. We probably enjoyed it a little bit more. Or I, You know, I, I didn't really like a lot of these teen movies when I was younger, even though they, they clicked oh, with me a lot. I did. Um, I don't know. These, uh, I, I, did, I liked them, but I didn't really get into them as much as anybody yeah. else does. But it's good for the nostalgia oh, nowadays. Yeah. So if you're, if you're our age, which I'm sure you can guess how old we are and everything, but... Um, give this a watch. It's yep. it's it's fun, nostalgia to go back to. And if you haven't seen this, you, uh, younger, older, you know, give it a watch. You might get something out of it. Uh, uh, if not, you know, it, it it's got some funny situations here and there. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, uh, our social media we're uh, at the Post Credit Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're at the Post Credit on Twitter. Uh, we have a website, thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we also, uh, our email address is uh, thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on YouTube, uh, so check us out there. Uh, send us some messages. You know, tell us, you know, what, what 90s movies you like, what 90s teen movies you like. Tell us if we got anything wrong on this episode. Tell us uh, uh, if, if we, we didn't mention anything about the behind the scenes or whatever it may be. Um, let us know what your guys' favorite uh, 90s teen movies are or 90s movies, you know, if we're going through the, the theme of season two. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. And throw it.